Hey everyone, this is Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This is for my TLC uh, virtual Facebook coaching group. This is Q&A number 68 and it is November 29th of 2021. Today I'm going to welcome two new members to the group, um, Caitlin from Florida and Barbara from Georgia. So welcome to you. I think we're at about 94 members in 20 states now, so that's pretty awesome. I'm really enjoying the group, and um, it started in August of 2020, and some of you have been with me for over a year now and started at the beginning, Um, so it's been a year and a few months, and um, as you guys know, um, next week the NFR starts, actually this week, I should say, December 2nd or 3rd, the the NFR is starting. Um, So we have something going on in the group, which is exciting. We're going to do a fantasy rodeo team. So I want everyone to pick by December 1st, by Wednesday, who they want for their team. And I'm giving away um, uh, awards for first, second, and third of the, the, um, whoever wins, the rules are listed and all of that. So make sure you go see that post and pick your team. Um, there will be a members highlight in the group uh, this week for Dia in Florida, and I'm just waiting on her photos, but I have her interview uh, done. And um, I hope everybody had a really nice Thanksgiving with their family and friends, or maybe you got to go compete. Um, we had the turkey run in Florida with over 600 riders. Maybe you just had some quiet time at the farm at home and enjoyed some R&R. Um, you know, life is funny, and so is barrel racing. They're both both very much the same. We set goals, and oftentimes we come up short on our goals, and sometimes we exceed our goals, and sometimes we hit our goals perfectly. And sometimes th- there are bad things that happen along the way, and it's just part of life and part of competition. So um, for me, uh, Thanksgiving was quiet. I have an older dog that has congestive heart failure and he decided Wednesday night, of course, to not be able to breathe all night long and go right into Thanksgiving with a sick dog. So I was very worried about him and had to use my gut feeling on upping his meds and figuring things out so I could get a hold of a vet on Friday. Thankfully, he's better um, and we're managing his heart and his lungs and all of that. So that was a little scary. And then of course, my knee decided to give out Thursday while I was riding, um, I guess compensating for my hip. My left hip has been hurt since June of 2020 from a horse, a client horse. And um, so anyhow, I've been getting stronger and working out more and riding more and trying to get back in shape to compete. And I've been riding uh, Briscoe and Rocky and pushing things a little bit more. And I guess I didn't realize, but all the extras that I'm doing has been wearing on my right knee because I don't want to use my left hip. So, <laughs> so I threw myself a bit of a pity party for a day. Um, but you know, that's just life. And then you realize, you know what? I still have so much to be thankful for. And I'm telling you this story because I realized that not everybody is always winning and not everybody's always, you know, knocking it out of the park, you know, where everything is happiness and sunshine and, and just all good. You know, a lot of people have true concerns about finances or futures or health concerns or whatever. So, you know, I just want you to realize that 
um, knowing that, you still have to keep a positive attitude and you still have to say, hey, look at all the good stuff I still have. I still have my, my farm and my health and my horses and my dogs and my clients and my business and all my son's going to be home for Christmas. And you have all those things that you can start, you know, naming off that, you know, God is there for you and, and, um, and, you know, how good things are and to live in a country like we do and have so many freedoms and things that other countries don't even have the option of and, and all of that. So, um, so, you know, there's a lot of things you could sit, spend your time complaining about, but then there's a lot of really pretty amazing things too. So I choose to look at things from a grateful place, from a positive place. And when I find myself, you know, having a bad day, I'll take that time and, you know, deal with that emotion and then I'll try to let it go and move forward. And I think that's all we can do. And, um, with that said, I, I really want everyone to enjoy the holiday season because it's going to go by fast. I can't believe it's, you know, the last month of the year already. Um, you know, Halloween came, Thanksgiving came, and now we're planning Christmas. So before long, it'll be New Year. Um, and I do want you to start daydreaming a little bit about your 2022 goal. And that's what we're going to do in the group. Um, we're going to set a big goal for your year for the 2022 I also want you, you know, I already told everyone to get a, a, um, a day timer or a journal so you can start writing things down. And I want you to write down your motto or your slogan for yourself for the year as well. And um, what will keep you inspired. And, um, and then we're going to talk about how we can reach that big goal by setting up a daily or weekly schedule and um, to get there as well as... Um, trying to analyze what areas are strong and weak in ourself and our horses and how we're going to um, reach the goals that we have. And I'm just excited to get to be a part of your journey with that. So I'm looking forward to the next month ahead of, of getting ready to set those uh, foundation for 2022 with you guys. And so watch for the things in the group because I will be posting different uh, videos and tips and and such uh, to have you watch or partake in um, we're going to have different challenges coming up as well to um, help make sure that you are solid everywhere from the groundwork uh, foundation rider cues um, dry work drills as well as performance and um, don't forget to keep watching all the coaches eye reviews because there could be things that someone else is dealing with that could be helpful for you as well. So um, let's see here. I think um, I'll go right ahead and go into some of the shout outs and questions. Um, and then I'll get into the final chapter of the book that we have been doing the book club on, which is the Donnie Taylor, um, the uh, Heart of the Champions book that you purchased on Amazon. Um, hopefully, and you've been um, enjoying that as well. And this is the final chapter, so that's great. And I didn't really plan that out. I really didn't think that through. But as God does in my life quite often, I um, I often pray before I talk to the group or before I do things um, or like before a clinic or a lesson. I often pray that, you know, God would just give, give me the positivity and the words to that are needed for the day that might help somebody and that's my intention to help them uh, and their horse have a better relationship and 
you know, become the best that they want to be as a team. And um, so anyhow, uh, with that in mind, I often, um, things come to me, like, you know, like I said about daydreaming, you'll have thoughts or maybe even have a dream about it in your sleep too. But I'll often write those thoughts down and then I'll, I'll implement them. And just so it happened, this book had 11 uh, chapters. So over the last 11 weeks, we've been discussing it. And now we're in the final month of the year. And that's perfect timing to start planning 2022. So everything's flowing beautifully into the new year. And I'm excited about that. So let's go ahead and do some shout outs. Um, I don't know about them all yet because it's only Monday. Um, and I wanted to get to it because I have quite a busy week ahead. Um, but a lot of you went to the turkey run. So congratulations to those of you that got to try out the new arena in Ocala, Florida. It is um, literally fancy as they come. Uh, the World Equestrian Center. It's mainly designed for the English world when they um, started it. You know, where they could have the big fancy dressage and Grand Prix events. And they have a, a fancy hotels and uh, really fine dining if you want but this place is so big you can go have an Italian dish you can go have a Mexican dish a burger you can go to their little dessert boutiques and um, and then of course you can stay in the fancy hotel and get the you know reservation dress up restaurants as well restaurant dining so um, you know what it, but not only that they have all these arenas indoor outdoors warm-up arenas they have televisions they've got Christmas decorations which I hope to I was hoping to go there for Thanksgiving and get to go around that was my plan until my knee gave out but I'm gonna hope to get there when my son comes home for Christmas I think that'd be a nice place to go have a meal and um, walk around and look at all the arenas and um, the Christmas decorations and all of that but it is quite beautiful and the arena where all of you were showing had big screen TVs that looked like at least four or five of them in there um, and it's a huge arena with pretty firm ground so some of your horses liked it and some of them not so much um, but again every horse is unique on the kind of patterns they like and um, if that's a big stage you know that big building and big arena with a loud music and loud speakers and all of that a lot going on for your novice horses can be challenging as well um, but Amy went there and did a great job with Eli uh, running in the 2d and no exhibitions on him and Katniss in the 3d um, Sherry and Pistol ended up in the 3D. Um, Fran and Faye were in the 4D, but literally this is like her baby's only second time in a building like that, um, you know, in an enclosed uh, super show setting uh, of, of that kind of atmosphere. Um, so congratulations to all of you that went there that I'm aware of. And um, I think Danielle took solar. I haven't um, talked to her yet, but there's a few more of you I know that were there that I haven't got to speak to yet, but also to Teresa and Hope for trying new arenas and going to the um, race for the vets. Um, I think uh, Teresa and Hope went. I think Teresa, the other Teresa, went um, and took her baby up there as well. Um, also Dia um, in our group went to the race for the vets and on a horse she's never ridden before but just literally uh, traded and owns now um, entered for the first time and first time she'd even gotten on the horse she was aware of the horse knew the horse but literally went out there and won first place in the 1d with 135 riders so won herself $500 and a belt buckle so that's very exciting 
and that was for a good cause um, there in Florida. Uh, Peggy and Gunner in Tennessee uh, were in the 1D on their times uh, with 200 riders in Tennessee, the bottom of the 1D with a mistake. So I know you can get in the 1D money. Um, and again, that was a nice turnout, 200. Um, Caitlin and Goose, uh, you're new to the group. I was able to get a couple of videos done for you. I hope they were helpful. Uh, Gigi, you're quite the inspiration. You're in your 70s and won 1D first in New York with 73 riders, I think you said, 71, 71 or 73. But it was a beautiful run on Bella. I mean, just gorgeous. You were riding her assertive jump for jump through the entire run. So congratulations to you. And um, I know there's going to be more coming in. I have about, let's see, 13 riders on my personal best um, drawing for November. So make sure if you had a personal best in November for the drawing to get your name into me. The drawing will be held on Thursday, December 2nd to give everybody time to get me. It'll be either December 1st or December 2nd. Just depends on if everybody contacts me by Wednesday or Thursday. I'll do the drawing and as soon as I know that list is complete and we'll do our November personal best and then we'll be going into December's. So um, let's get started with the questions. Um, the first question came in about I'm hitting a barrel going in. Um, what can I do? And of course I saw the video and you're absolutely um, looking and leaning to the inside and that's what's going to cause it. Um, so either um, the horse is anticipating and then you're magnifying it by feeling them anticipate and looking and leaning in. So, so what you need to do is a little tune up for you and your horse and you could work on in and outs. And you can also work on straighter longer and um, one-handed drills like the D pattern would be great for that as well um, all lefts and all rights would be great for that and you could do two hand between and one hand around but all of those things would teach you to sit in the middle of your horse take some anticipation out of your horse um, get control of their nose and shoulder and rib cage and hindquarters and ride their hind end around the barrel um, not allowing them to start their turns at their shoulder um, but definitely leaning and looking in will cause a horse to drop into a turn faster than anything. Um, also lifting your hand up and crossing your withers, trying to hold them off will cause that problem too. So in competition, looking straighter, longer, and you know, like three or four feet to the side of the barrel and past it and between your horse's ears and riding square, your shoulders, your hips, two hands, two legs, and riding straight with your focused eye. Your peripheral vision will feel when you get past the barrel, when your leg gets the barrel, to start looking for your next spot too. Um, but yeah, it's something that needs to be worked out in, um, in slow work, but also in competition. That would be some tips for you too. But I have videos for that at the members only website and also in the group on all the things I mentioned. So hopefully that'll be helpful for you. Um, the next question was about... Um, Let's see here. Horse is um, okay. The horse is stepping off. Um, it went deep, it went past the barrel, and then stepping off on the exit. So that can be a couple of things. Um, it can be a rate issue. For instance, if the ground um, is packed and you're driving your horse deep, you know, like you're in a deep pen, you drive them too long and you don't back off, 
or when you do sit for rate they don't rate and it's too late to do a two-hand check or when you do you still get by so that'll allow you to go deep so with that kind of horse I'd either start floating them to that barrel a little bit slower and sit earlier talk to them you can say whoa sit earlier if that doesn't work you can do a two-hand check um, but slow things down, get the rate, pay attention to if it happens in certain ground, use your journal and log it. So that way, next time you go to that pen and you put, okay, deep ground, drive deeper, hard ground, sit earlier, you know, that kind of stuff, know what your horse needs from you in those situations. Um, and of course that's going to cause you to miss your spots. So if you, um, go in, go by there's a good chance you're going to be strung out so you're going to come out wide as well because your horse is not collected so you're going to take extra strides around that barrel so with that situation i would do some rate work i would do some transitions some loose rein woes i'd get my horse really working off my body and voice um inline barrels um funnel barrels d pattern single barrel any of those would be great figure eights um for getting the horse to focus on your body as well as you know line work straight work for collection post trot to a sit jog all of those kind of things spirals where you're extending and collecting um, your stride um, all of those things would be really important when you have a horse that's going deep and stepping off because there's generally going to be a rate issue but pay attention to whether it was a rider cue or um, the horse was not listening. And a lot of times it's just the rider cues them too late for the ground conditions or, um, you know, misreads it. Like, let's say you have to push them deeper for second and then you have to back off earlier for third. That can happen as well. Um, so, you know, make sure you're paying attention to those things. Um, let's see here. The next question was, you know, what happens when I go to a new arena and I'm disappointed with how we did? Um, don't be terribly disappointed um you know remember it's a you're either winning or you're learning so learn from it journal about it journal how your horse acted emotionally journal about your mental game the ground conditions the setup maybe the the way that the colors of the barrels and the fence uh, or the tractors were parked or or the noise of the uh, people going up and down the stands maybe all those little things were things your horse was concerned about and it just means you need to get them in that environment more often for maybe exhibitions or practice or inner if it's if you can find a cheaper way to enter if you don't want to waste entry fees um, but you know all those things um, try to focus on what they did well and build their confidence you know just because they didn't meet your expectations doesn't mean you still don't need to reach down and pet them and build their confidence up because you know basically they're doing this for us you guys they don't necessarily know I mean my horses personally if I hook up the trailer they're all gonna head to the back pasture because they'd rather stay home and be a pasture ornament than have to go to town and do something now would will they work for me and give me all they've got when I'm on them absolutely because they trust me and respect me and try for me and they love I feel like they love me but if I give them a choice of, hey, let's go in the trailer or let's stay here and eat grass, they're going to pick eat grass and hang out. Um, so, you know, it just you have to remember they're doing this because we asked them to do it. So reward them, try to build their confidence up, make it a pleasurable experience for them as you can. Um, you know, I don't know very many horses in my lifetime, my career, that people say when they hook up their horses come a running. Uh, that's few and far between. 
Um, most horses, you have to close them in their stalls before you hook up. <laughs> so, um, or you play catch them in the pastures otherwise. So, again, every horse is different, and there are those few that love going. Um, but majority of them, in my experience, are not going to be too apt to want to go <coughs> if they have the option. So, so just keep that in mind when you're training a horse. Um, you're trying to build their confidence, and if you make it completely miserable, why will they want to keep doing it for you? You know what I'm saying? So, um, and if you're having alley issues and stuff, you need to get to the root of the cause of that. You know, are they in pain? You know, what's going on? You've got to find out. If a horse starts not competing as well, it's definitely a time to um, look at that and say, okay, it could be a million things. It could be bleeding lungs. It could be ulcers. It could be uh, sore hock, sore back. It could be, um, you know, fear. It could just be so many different things. Pressure, um, you know, just have to rule it out and find out what's going on. I even know of a horse that had nerve pain that was causing them to not want to do their job. Saddle fit, things like that. All of those things can cause a horse. But horses, you know, can get that way just from rider nerves, um, you know, all of that. So their own nerves and such. So so pay attention to that. Um, I did, a, I'm going to be doing more podcasts this week on um, being a competitor or a coach. Um, I'm going to be doing, uh, taking off the trainer's cap and putting on the competitor's cap is kind of what that podcast will be about um, and all of that. And, and you know, following your um your your uh, purpose and your passion I think is important knowing your why and that's all stuff we're going to get into in the group as well if you ever watch like the NFR level riders or top maturity riders they're not out there giving lessons or are doing clinics during all that time they don't have the time because they have to be really focused so when you're looking for a coach you need a coach you know if you're wanting to you know, usually your top competitors aren't going to have time to focus on you as they get, usually you become a coach like Charmaine after you're done going to the NFR. You know, there are some people out there like Ed Wright who never did that kind of stuff, but coached many uh, top people and such. And, and, you know, and I looked at it that way too. For me, my horse training and my coaching has always been my passion. I actually enjoyed training and lessons and teaching more than I actually enjoyed competing, but I had to compete to use my horses basically as my business card to show that I could train a $2,000 horse and make them into a 1D horse and, you know, uh, um, start my own babies and all of those things and um, show them at different levels, maturity, derby, rodeo, super show, whatever. So you have to, um, but you still have a everybody has a thing like some people truly love the training aspect and some people just truly love competing so I think that's important too when you're looking for a coach you want someone who loves being a coach and loves helping others succeed you know because honestly to be a top competitor you have to be zoned in focused on you and um and your horses and what you've got to get done so it's really hard to find a true competitor out there who can be your coach too because even me when I was competing on three horses it was hard for my clients would come over and want help but I was like okay talk to me after this horse because I got to warm up this horse and I was spending money on entry fees I didn't want to waste my entry fees by not being focused or have my horse warmed up so it is hard to be a coach and be a competitor at the same time for a lot of them um 
and still be able to do both well, you know. Um, so anyhow, those are just things to think about. And um, uh, let's see here. I did a podcast on Am I Ready to Enter? And that was because someone was wondering if they were confident enough or prepared enough at home. Um, and I talked about that. And the podcast is a little bit longer than I'll go into here. But, you know, it does. it is important to, like, if you're confident at home loping the barrels, that's a good time to, you know, go and see if your horse is handling exhibitioning well and the sights and sounds at small jackpots and then maybe enter a small jackpot and see. But you certainly, um, you certainly want to uh, build your horse's confidence. So I'd listen to that podcast if that's something that's of interest to you. And, you know, it, it comes down to the training of the horse and, um, and it could also be, you know, um, another option would be like sending them to a trainer to train or buying a made horse there's a lot of different options out there um on ways to you know prepare yourself but but um anyways I kind of go into detail on that with that six minute podcast so you're welcome to listen to that um the next question was about um injuries if there's a way to prevent injuries for both horse and rider um really the most important thing is to listen to your horse and know your horse have a regular schedule with them i mean a minimum of three times a week during the week should be exercising them so they'll be fit enough to stay healthy and not get hurt on the weekends and competition and same for yourself i mean you have to stretch and exercise yourself um if you know you're sore you need to rest it ice it elevate it things like that like i knew my knee was starting to get sore um but you know, I'm so used to living in pain with my left hip that I was kind of ignoring it a little bit and then it, it just blew on me on Thursday. So um, I think it's important to do a slow warm up, well, 10 minutes of walking or stretching. Um, uh, it's, I think it's important, uh, cool down is important as well for horses and riders. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do to prevent injury for you and your horse. But listen, I mean, if you start noticing something's hurting, don't ignore it because probably something's going to tear or break if you don't. So um, so pay attention. If your horse starts behaving differently, they might be trying to talk to you and tell you through their um, body language, their eyes and their ears and their expressions and their, you know, twitching or how they move, that they're sore as well. So that's why it's so important to really know your horse and, um, and know... Uh, what's good what feels good to them and when when they don't feel good it's important that you know those things um, you know I, I could always tell when my horses needed the chiropractor or magnawave because they would just feel different to me like if their hips needed adjusted or their neck was sore and I knew it was time you know and if you're going a lot you really need to stay on top of that stuff with your vet and your bodywork people So, all right, so chapter 11, um, I really hope you all enjoyed the book. I hope you bought the book um, on Amazon, and um, I hope you learned a lot. At the very least, you learned that you're not alone in disappointments, and and that we all have disappointments through through life and through um, our competition goals. And it's okay to have a disappointment day or a pity party day. Just don't get discouraged. Just stay positive. And I really hope that's what you come out of with this book. I mean, she went from a little girl who daydreamed on a pony in chapter one to a woman who finally won her world championship in chapter 10. So um, I think that's pretty awesome. 
and um and she went through a lot I mean she had quite a journey and um I just hope that that tells you to always keep learning and always keep um trying and just keep enjoying the process and the journey and I know we have um it's human nature to always want more or to do want to do better but sometimes we just have to find the good in where we are right now and reach down and pet that horse and thank them for the ride so um in chapter 11 she talks about finally finding out that Chester actually did have a fracture at the finals and um, it happened back in September and I think what finals is December or into November December in 2016 so he was a tough horse um, I guess he fully healed after one full year but um, I had gone through that with my mare Briscoe she had kicked a fence post and I was sitting really good for Tour Champions um, with my mares and um, my trio and she kicked a fence post and broke a tip of her uh, navicular bone off I think the the, the wing tip and um, she had to have like six months off so she had to be stalled she had to have her foot casted all of that and then of course when you bring them back you've got a long process to leg them back up and then you're kind of cautious and want to make sure they're strong before you run them or do anything hardcore and um she did heal you know but I've dealt with that and that's where I always liked having two or three horses and now looking back I didn't think that through because knowing me and how I get attached to everything and keep them for life um, they're like my kids I have uh, four old retired horses now um, but when they were all in their prime it was great because I could run three at all times because if one needed a break because of an injury a pulled hamstring or pulled, you know sore muscle whatever I always had my others to go on so um, uh, <laughs> at the time it was great but looking back now uh, looking back now I'm thinking huh maybe one or two a, a team of two would have been better than a team of four so but anyhow um, you know those are things to consider especially if you're like me and you you're worried about where they'll end up once they retire so um, uh, so anyhow um, I think that um, it was amazing to me how that horse and that rider were so determined and would would work through so much pain you know the rider with a torn shoulder uh, rotator cuff and the horse with a fractured foot um, it's just amazing um, some horses are just tough and I think rodeo horses especially have to be because of the miles and the road on the road that they do um, more so than just the competition but the miles in the trailer and traveling I mean you know it's amazing so um, so what I would like everybody to take from this book is um, is some inspiration, some motivation. Um, I really think it was kind of um, a, a really good, like chapter nine to me was really a good chapter. Um, you know, I talked about how in 2021, my group um, at December of 2021, we did the NFR thing, or excuse me, of 2020. We're in December 21 now. Of 2020, we did the NFR party deal rodeo fantasy thing, but then we also set up our goals for 2021. And um, at that time, I asked everybody what their why was, their purpose and their passion, what their big goal was going to be, and how they were going to get there. And I think all those things are important. And to reverse engineer that into a daily schedule or weekly schedule is really important. So um, she talks about 
several things in this chapter um, and things that stood out to me. Um, you know, uh, for me, she 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 thinks about um, things of being very positive and trying to to take a negative and turn it into a positive. Um, you know, I think that afterwards she looks at her big goal to win the world as not really actually being the main thing, you know, because a lot of people, um, they set a big goal and then after that they don't know what to do after they finally reach that goal. So she talks a little bit about that as well as um, purpose and passion and always moving forward and I could really identify with that because we talk about that a lot in the group. Um, something else I thought was important um, to me was she always felt she had average skill, but she had gigantic try. And that huge try to go that extra mile is why she won. And I, I truly believe that. I mean, she wasn't even happy when she was reserve champion. You know, a lot of people would be like, yeah, I was number two in the world. All right. But not her. She wanted to be number one. So, um, you know, and that's pretty awesome. So, um, I think, I think that's something that just stood out to me though, that the goal, um, the road to the goal was actually more important to her at the end than the actual goal met. And, um, and it took a lot for her to get there. I mean, if you paid attention of the horses she went through and the miles she put on rigs and, uh, buying a $60,000 horse from Trevor Brazil. I mean, it took a lot to win that title, not to mention all the blood, sweat, and tears. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that um, the book, for me, um, I really enjoyed it just because, you know, you get to see how hard it is for not just you, but everybody that's out there, whatever their goal they're trying to reach. I mean, everybody's dealing with something and that's why I think it's important to be extra positive and supportive when we can. I try to educate and inspire, but for me, it made me look at it from a coach's aspect. What, how can I be the best coach to people I can be? And, you know, to be encouraging and uplifting, but also teaching where they can, you know, improve on it as well. So, um, so anyways, I, I like, um, that, you know, she, she does, uh, I think it's important to teach with love and, um, and I really feel like this, this final chapter, she just kind of goes into a lot of, um, favorite sayings and quotes and, um, and I just, I enjoyed that part of it. So, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and close with the idea of um, of everybody in the group really needs to focus on what their goal is for next year and um, what their why is and then how they're going to take action to make that happen. And I want you to write that down, like I mentioned, in your uh, journal or your day timer and, you know, start figuring out how you're going to get there. And for some of you, it might be something big like you know, going to a pro rodeo circuit, uh, or filling a WPA permit or qualifying for world finals or college or high school rodeo finals. Um, some of you, it might be finishing a colt or, um, seasoning your novice horse. So everybody's going to have a different goal. Um, you know, and, and that's okay. And some of you, it might be just improving your horsemanship and your foundation and your rider cues and all of that. And that's okay too. You know, to always be learning is a great thing. So, so anyhow, I think it's perfect that this um, book is ending as we're getting into December, as I mentioned. Um, 
you know, I had some goals and I want you to look at your goals. For those of you that have been with me for a year, did you fall short on your goals? Did you meet them? Did you exceed them? For me, there's a couple things um, I had a goal of that I came a little bit short of. And then there's other things that have really gone even better than I had hoped. Um, so I think it's important to know um, your motto. Like for TLC, it's always been ride with heart, you know, to put the horse first and always give 100% inside and outside the arena. Um, you know, to know your why, you know, like I love coaching. I truly enjoy helping others and, and um, helping horses have a better relationship with their riders. Um, and then, you know, when you think about taking action, just doing a little bit every day is what really makes a difference. So um, those little actions every single day add up to how you get where you're, where you want to be. So I really just hope that this time of year is um, a time where we reflect and, and give thanks and enjoy our family and friends. And, um, and again, like I mentioned, it's a great time to stay focused in your mind and start thinking about your goals and where you want to where you want to go and how you want to get there. And I really am hopeful to get to be a part of your journey of that next year. And um, I think as I close, I feel like God, God has a plan and perfect timing is not always our timing. Um, sometimes, you know, things happen at a different time and place, you know, and, and like with my, my knee right now and my hip, um, that may set me back with some of the goals I had hoped for uh, with Briscoe and Rocky, where I may have to pick Rocky right now instead of Briscoe. And, you know, it's okay. I may have to just figure things out um, as I go. So, you know, what, what I can handle physically. Um, but I know that I can keep building on my TLC and that makes me happy. And that's always brought me joy. And um, so anyways, I think it's important that we, um, you know, pray daily and give that thanks to God. I think it's important um, to be encouraging and supportive to people in our lives. Um, and I really hope uh, my goal is to be the best for you guys that I can be. And um, and I really just want to enjoy my horses and, and full-time enjoy coaching and lessons and clinics for 2022. And and that, that to me is joy for me. And that's always been where my, um, my focus has been. Um, so anyhow, I want to thank everybody for this last year that you've been in the group. And um, I can't believe it's December, but it is. So um, start watching in the group for some of the challenges for um, getting prepared for 2022. And I um, look forward to reading your goals and comments and and any suggestions you might have um as well please send them to me and again everybody um thank you for tuning in ride with heart and god bless y'all